Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is really an important one, selecting data vendors and what matters. So many institutions, so many lenders are making this choice, and we have the perfect expert to explain what you really should be looking at. And so I'm thrilled to have Jeff Walton with me. He is the CEO of Ingenious. Prior to that, he's with Total Expert, with Stonegate. He's done everything in mortgage banking, Bear Stearns, and I'm thrilled to have him with us. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Pat. Good to be here. Well, this is an important topic, but before we get to that, let's talk about you and how did you get into mortgage banking and talk about who was really an important mentor for you? So I got into mortgage banking by going into an actual mortgage officer training program at a savings and loan that had just been recapitalized after the savings and loan crisis. It was owned by a gentleman by the name of Daniel K. Ludwig, who was at the time the richest man in the world. Wow. Really? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Was this something in your family or how did you find this uh, fella? Uh, so I was actually referred uh, to them by uh, an ASU, Arizona State University professor, finance professor that I was a student and he referred me to this company that was uh, recapitalizing and thought it might be a good opportunity. And that's how I stumbled into mortgage banking and have been in ever since evolving into the, you know, the, the tech side of it, but it's still mortgage banking. It's still mortgage banking. That's for sure. So who was an important mentor for you? You know, there has been a lot of mentors for me and stuff. And, you know, thought about this pretty hard and stuff. And it's kind of, funny, but it's the truth. It turns out, you know, when I really thought about it, actually, I would say my dad of all people and stuff, he taught me the value of integrity and honesty. And that has been like, the bedrock of my career, and it served me very, very well. Well, that's great to hear and says something a lot about your father for sure. But let's yeah. talk about your challenges in your current position. Now, you've been in the tech side of our business for a while, and you've been involved with startups. So I know you have a lot of expertise, but talk about your current challenges. Uh, just being a startup. I mean, you know, trying to create something out of thin air is is really, really hard. And right. so your resources are low, your your budget low, you're trying to, you know, get traction. And so I would say being in a startup to begin with, but getting two million dollars in revenue for most startups is almost impossible. But we we've achieved that goal and fortunately that's the case. But in trying to then split. In this marketplace, it's been really tough to get funding. Like not a lot of people outside of the mortgage industry that are interested in, in funding startups within mortgage. Fortunately for us, we've got really good growth and really good product market fit. So we do have options, but thus far it's been bootstrapped and, and self-funding by me. So when you look at Jeff, the trends that you see currently, and you've been in the business a very long time, just like myself, what are you think are some trends that people are not addressing that they should be? Well, one in particular that a lot don't see coming, everybody knows what's going on in the market and it's very challenging and cost cutting and trying to get innovative and survival of the fittest. And we've all been through these downs and stuff, but, but I don't think that the mortgage industry, particularly independent mortgage bankers are seeing right now is the compliance aspect of it that's coming down the pike. 
it's something they haven't had to deal with. And there's two things that are going on there. One is the Justice Department has started an initiative on digital redlining, and they're looking at majority-minority census tract, and they're saying, one, how are you lending against your peers in those majority-minority census tracts, and do you have branches in the MMCs, right? Mm -hmm. And most mortgage haven't even thought about that. With the Trident Mortgage Enforcement, it comes to light, and there's going to be another four or five enforcements in the next six months coming, uh, according to the CFPB. That's a big one. And then the other is state legislatures are passing laws that require independent mortgage banks to adhere to the Community Reinvestment Act, CRA, which they've never had to do before. And so now you're going to have to have to deal with those issues. And if you're a national lender or in a state of Massachusetts, Illinois, or California, things are going to become real very, very quickly. And I don't think the industry sees it coming. I would agree with you. I mean, it's a topic that they are vaguely aware of, but the dynamic changes, and I think Trident really definitely moved it into the, it should be on the front burner for sure. And so when you look at your long career, you've been in the retail side, you've been on the tech side and and so forth. What are some of the top lessons you've learned? Because you've seen everything over all these years. You know, I have. And, you know, it comes back to one thing that is really consistent. And you've heard other people say this, but it just it just rings true with me when I look at my career. And the number one thing is, is you got to put in the hard work, right? Up and work hard and you can outwork people. That's one thing you definitely have under control in your in your career. And it just it's it's worked for me and it worked for people that are around me and people people know who the people are that are working hard. And they get it. While it's cliche, it's really, really true. My second one, though, maybe a little different than what most people say or have heard and stuff. But my career, what I've just done is really worked for me is to hire women in leadership roles. Um, they made in my career the best executives. And sorry, guys, but <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of good guys that, that were good executives. But I just strong women uh, have certain traits, make them very valuable. Well, that's very interesting. I'm thrilled that you've said that. And so, uh, because you yeah, don't no, really, sure. uh, you don't really hear a lot of executives talking like that. So, I think that's really oh, fabulous that you're saying that. And let's talk now about the main topic. And I thought this was such an interesting topic because certainly lenders are having a hard time. Some of them are certainly going the route of trying to improve the tech side of it, but selecting data vendors. What really matters? So you can relive some of what you are certainly doing now, but also when you were an executive in the mortgage space, what is it that you find are the tried and true evaluation standards that you should do? Data has not been uh, as forefront for the industry as today, and it has been in the last you know, several years. Uh, it's really on as something that's important and vital to you know, your, your business in mortgage, you know, for years and years, you, you had very little data coming out on production from the industry and who's doing what, and there just wasn't a lot of transparency whatsoever. It was, you know, you, you could get, you could get at the end of the month, you might be able to get who stack ranking in a market, you know, uh, but not necessarily down to the loan officer level and the realtor level. So, 
it's it's quite different today and stuff. But in looking at data from a business perspective and looking at data vendors and stuff, I think your number one issue is, is the accuracy. You want accurate data. You're making hiring decisions. You want to know exactly what that person does, the product they do, the the refinance versus purchase, you know, are they doing FHA loans? Are they more profitable? I mean, what are actual numbers? So I know what I'm hiring and what I'm getting. And then, and does it match my strengths, right? If I'm hiring somebody that I don't know all the data and turns out that they said they didn't do a lot of jumbo, but they do a lot of jumbo and you don't have a good jumbo product. It's, you know, it's not, it's not going to go well. You need data. It's extremely important in my mind. I was going to ask the question, and, and you know this from your own experience, is that certainly data has been available more recently, but the types of data does matter and the sourcing of the data and how the data gets explained. So many lenders might have had an early version of data, but now there's a a better version of it. And how do you actually address that issue? Because they might be used to the more simplified data, but now there could be something better and you definitely are making a change. Talk about that. Well, yeah, today there's so many different sources of data and ingenious anyway, we have, you know, a patent pending process that allows us to combine the data to, to, to blend it and sequence it in a patent pending process that we have that uh, allows you to take not just one source of data, but three sources of data, sit off of each other, also combine NMLS and Humda data to also validate, you know, that your data is accurate. And and that's a real switch, right? Combining that data, doing that, it, it is a real switch from just pulling up data and reporting what it says, because it's very messy, right? There's 3,200 different counties and different technologies in each county, some no technology in some counties. Um, and so it's, it's messy data that needs to be refined. And, and that's the difference what's going on in today's world. And so this issue of, and I see this even in my side of the business, is that they might be using something that they're familiar with, but now the world has moved up and ramped up in a faster way. Uh, And so what was working before may not be working now. How does that get handled? And I guess the big issue with, uh, with certainly all these vendors is how do you get that data to be used? Uh, talk about what you see and what you think works. Yeah, so that's a very, very good question. And I think that key to that is, does your, does your data integrate into your sales and marketing engine, into your CRM? Because if you can't action on those analytics, it's 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 stale data. It can't it can't do anything. But if you can integrate it into sales and marketing engines, you can now scale. And if you can search for very specific individuals that meet your strengths as a company, then you can market very in a very personal way because you don't market to somebody that's doing two hundred million a year to somebody that's doing forty million or twenty million dollars a year. You don't market somebody that specializes in government lending the way you market somebody that specializes in, in, in jumbo lending. To be able to action off those analytics is critical. 
And so do you see lenders understanding that issue? Because certainly I see a lot of, let's say, vendors out there with data, but if it doesn't move into the CRM where you can actually do something with it, how do you make that all work? We people that get it very, very so, and, you know, want that integration, uh, you know, the, definitely the value of that. And there's some that, that, that don't, but there's there's people out there that are maybe individuals that don't adopt technology and aren't continuing trying to innovate. And, you know, as my good friend Sue Woodard said, it's not the technology that's going to replace the loan officer. It's the loan officer that uses the technology that's going to replace you. Right. right. And so, uh, but people see the value. There's no question. And and they're dying to integrate it and they're dying to action off of it. And so we're seeing, we're seeing that as, as something that's in big demand out there in the marketplace. And so talk about, and I know that especially with what you're involved with is that actually some companies keep it at the corporate level, I'm sure. And then some companies want it down at the branch manager level because you're having all this wonderful data. But the point is, who's actually executing off of it? What do you see as the best practice? So I would tell you that practice is that you have more power users and that they then provision the branch managers and the regional and the business development team. And it gets provisioned out because logging into a system, you know, managers and originators in general just don't, don't want to do that. It's not that they don't want to do that. It's that the, their priority is to talk to people about lending them and being in a system and gets them away from that. And, and we found this a total expert as well. You've got to make it so that it's automated for, you know, for the originators and they don't have to log in or they have their assistants do it, but probably the best is where it's, it's, it's centralized and then provisioned out to, to the, the, in all to the account executives and in, retail to the branch managers and the regionals and business development team. And so when you say that is the best practice and where it's centralized, is that fitting under sales or is that fitting under marketing? Who, who is it centralized under? You know, we've seen it a couple different ways. One is definitely if you're large enough and you have a business development team, it's usually centralized under them. Regional managers also can have access and then we associate where you have a very strong market team and we've done it where they're central to it. Uh, so go either way, just depending upon how you, how you, you know, what your business model is and, and how you're attacking the marketplace. And so when you look at when they're tying it together with the CRM, is that just for to put a drip campaign together? Is that is that what you're seeing most lenders are doing or does it become something where they're using it for phone calling or how does that work uh, from your viewpoint? Yeah. So, I mean, campaign, I haven't heard that in a while in terms yeah. of that stuff, but, you know, total expert has companies that go out and interact with uh, with people and they can they can do that through mail or by by text, but generally what you're going to find is the availability text is better than the availability of email because a business email is going to not necessarily let your message through. Uh, and so it, it definitely, definitely automating, there's no question about it, but um, some people like to also, some people like to also call. 
right? They like text, but automate through a system that can can do it at scale is extremely important. But 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 business development people love to call, and it's a it's a real personal business. Always mm-hmm. has been, and I suspect it will be in the future. Have you seen lenders when it comes to the, using it for the recruiting side of it? Are they using like uh, power dialers, or in other words, it's left to do individual calling? You know, that's that that's not my necessary area of expertise. It's business developments. I've seen him do both. Oh, okay. Uh, I've seen him do both, and it just it just depends on what works for them. Yeah, for sure. I was just curious on what with the, what were you seeing actually having the best results? Well, we only have a few minutes more left. And so, Jeff, could you maybe summarize a couple of key takeaways when you're using data to actually do recruiting and what works and, and, and what would you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah. So, I mean, data is transparency in the marketplace. And that's what we look at. We're saying, okay, how can we make the marketplace transparent so it's better for everybody in the market? And so if you know all of, you know, you can look at all the originators out there and you can see exactly what product they're doing and you can see what realtors they're working with. You can see, you know, as a loan officer, realtors, what product they're doing also and and who they're working with as an institution and as a individual loan officer, that creates transparency, which I think is good for the market. And the same goes for compliance aspect, right? If you can see in low to moderate neighborhoods, who's lending in those neighborhoods, who's not lending in those neighborhoods, what product they're using, and you're held accountable for it, it, it needs to be transparent so that you you can see everything in the marketplace. I think it makes it better for the customer. I think it makes it better for the loan originator. And I think it makes it better for the company. Uh, and that's what I would leave it with. Well, they are certainly, I think, really great points to make. And I do think it's interesting that you've been able to delve into all of this data gathering in such a, a terrific way. So congratulations on pulling all of that together. And I want to thank our listeners for spending time with us today. And I certainly appreciate you, Jeff, sharing your wisdom. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.